0: Travel Tidbits Podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of the Travel Tidbits Podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. This week, we are excited to have Jenny Drawn joining us on the podcast. Jenny joined our agency because she actually is good friends with one of my friends from elementary school and found Pineapple Escapes through her. And Jenny came to us with an extensive Disney background. She loves to travel. She's been to Disney numerous times. And I I tend to have like a pattern of people that I pick to join the agency And they tend to either be in healthcare or education for the most part. And Jenny is a teacher. So she fit the mold of the type of agent that fits into our Pineapple Escapes crew really well. Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to become a Pineapple Escapes agent.
1: Sure. Um, So I've been married for 15 years to my high school sweetheart, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. (laughs) We have two kiddos. Bryce, who is 12 or almost 12. And Ella is eight. We also have two really crazy dogs and three guinea pigs. Um, And like you said, I've been a special education teacher for about 15 years as well. So we're a busy, busy group.
0: That sounds very busy. We are really glad that you're on our team. And I want to jump right into our slice of life this week. Virtual schooling. So as a special education teacher, this year has been a lot and as a travel agent too, but you've kind of got a double whammy between being an educator and being a travel agent. Tell me a little bit about how you're working virtual school. Are you in school full days? And how are you balancing teaching and your business?
1: We started the first quarter off as completely remote. Which was a rocky start at first, but I have to say, these kids, everybody's worried about them falling behind and being traumatized, but they're amazing. They are resilient and they work hard and they just go with the flow. I don't worry for them. They'll be amazing, they'll be awesome. Um, currently, we're doing a hybrid situation where some of the kids come in the morning, others come in the afternoon, and then you have some that are just fully remote. We just teach them all and work best. Um, I balance sometimes better than others. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, think all of
0: us can say that,
1: right? I'm very organized. So that helps out a lot. Kind of organized chaos sometimes, but it always all gets done. I think being a great multitasker is probably my my biggest secret.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's one. I mean, as an educator, as a former educator and as a travel agent, I think organization and being a multitasker are so important. My kiddos are actually completely virtual right now. I empathize with all that you're going through. And I will admit that I am glad to not be teaching or in an administrative role at this point, because I think you guys definitely have your hands full. Let's get into a more fun topic. At the core of our podcast episode this week, we are talking about the Magic Kingdom and I think Jenny and I can both say that the Magic Kingdom is one of our favorite places on earth to go. And so we're going to kind of go back and forth here a little bit with some of our favorites at the Magic Kingdom. And of course, because I'm me, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the food. And I kind of consider myself to be kind of a travel foodie of sorts. And every Wednesday on my personal Facebook business page, I post What We Ate Wednesday, where I talk about some kind of food find that I have found somewhere. And a lot of times it is Disney, but for food, table service. What is your favorite table service restaurant, Jenny?
1: Well, so I am not an adventurous eater whatsoever. If they have chicken (laughs) tenders, french fries and pizza, I am a happy girl. My favorite table service place is not so much for the food as for the experience. And my favorite at Magic Kingdom is Crystal Palace. When my daughter was about two, that was the first time we were taking her to Disney. And she was obsessed with Eeyore. She loved Eeyore. We had so many and we still do stuffed animals of him. But she always referred to him lovingly as zebra. So she couldn't wait (laughs) to go and meet zebra. And this was all she talked about zebra, zebra, zebra. So we go to the Crystal Palace and She's sitting there eating her little chicken nuggets and around the corner comes her zebra. And she just sat up so straight and wiped her little face with her napkin. And the first time she hugged him was just a moment that I will never forget and puts Crystal Palace at the top of my list for table service meals.
0: I love that. And Crystal Palace is all of the Pooh characters. And I think that that's so sweet. And I think Those are the memories. That's why we go to Disney. It's those memories. And those memories change as our kids get older, but but that's why we go. So my favorite table service is actually a very similar experience. The very first time that we took my kiddos, my son Bo was four and my girls Anna and Clara, they were both two. They were almost three right there on the cusp and they actually turned three right after our trip, but we had gotten them all dressed up as princesses and we went to Cinderella's Royal Table. And they were still so little that it truly was magical. Like they believed that they were really meeting the princesses. And Beau was dressed up as Jake from Jake and the Neverland Pirates. I mean, I'm kind of showing my age there a little (laughs) bit as that one's a little dated now, but It was so sweet and adorable. And the food at Cinderella's was actually really good. I personally am not a huge buffet person, but I endure places like the Crystal Palace because I like the characters too, but it's not really my top pick. I'd rather have a sit down served meal personally. Cinderella's Royal Royal Table, that would be my top table service pick. Moving on to quick service. Jenny, what's your favorite quick service? Well, again,
1: chicken tenders and french fries, (laughs) (laughs) but my husband really likes the lobster roll at Columbia Harbor House. So we had there a lot. I like that you can have mobile ordering and it's ready for you. And so Columbia Harbor House is our typical quick service at Magic Kingdom.
0: What do you order at Columbia Harbor House? I think is the real question. I think I get the popcorn shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a little more adventurous. It I mean it's still fried. It's still chicken tender like, but a little different. I like that though. That's good. Mine is kind of along the same lines. I I am a big Mexican food person. So instead of chicken tenders, mine would be tacos or nacho like that's like our goat. I think we had Mexican 6 times last week, but I digress. My favorite quick service at the Magic Kingdom is Pecos Bills and they used to pre-covid times have this nacho meal where you could get all the nacho stuff. And then they had the big bar with all the nacho toppings. And that's my top pick. And I've also heard that they have very good hamburgers from a close friend of my daughter's that has gone. Her name's Kara and Kara loves the hamburger at Pecos Bill's. That's her recommendation. My husband
1: likes the hamburgers there as well.
0: (laughs) So a double whammy there for Pecos Bill's. Moving on to snacks, which obviously any Disney person knows, the snacks are a big part of why you go to Disney. My son had one of the shirts that said, you know, I'm just here for the snacks, the images on there. But Jenny, what's your favorite snack at the Magic Kingdom?
1: There's so many, but my (laughs) go-to would have to be that giant cinnamon roll at Gaston's Tavern. That That's my go-to. I have to have it every single time we go. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. We have to get that cinnamon roll. So that would be mine. And I'm also a sucker for any kind of caramel apples. Seasonal caramel apples are fun. (laughs) Those are my two go-tos for sure.
0: Okay. I love that cinnamon roll at Gaston's too. We usually, we will head straight in and head back there for breakfast and then do that first thing. That's definitely a top pick. I'm for that one too, but... If everybody knows me, it's all about the pineapples. (laughs) My very favorite snack from the very first time I went to Disney has been Dole Whip. And I absolutely love it. I love all the variety of flavors, but the pineapple is still my favorite. I like the one with the pineapple upside down cake under it. My kids also really like the Peter Pan float. That one is at Storybook. I can't think of the whole name at the moment, but the Peter Pan float is their favorite. It is the Lime Dole Whip. And then it has sprite, and then it has a little chocolate red feather, so like Peter Pan. So that's our top picks would be Dole Whip and the Peter Pan float, two great ones. But the cinnamon <laughs> roll, probably my third, right up there <laughs> for sure. The next one, everybody talks about. Obviously, you go to Disney for the rides, the attractions. Jenny, favorite attraction at the Magic Kingdom.
1: So I am super nostalgic and kind of like my eating habits, not all that adventurous. <laughs> my very favorite are Peter Pan's Flight and the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. They're cheesy and quintessential Disney, and I just love everything about them.
0: I think Peter Pan is sweet. One of my good friends, actually, that's her favorite ride. And so every day at the Magic Kingdom, when they still had fast passes, she would have to have Peter Pan. But I think that that's a a great one and a classic. And especially for those that went to Disney as kids, I think it kind of brings back a lot of those memories.
1: Yes, absolutely. I can remember riding it when I was eight, nine years old and thinking it was just the best thing in the world, flying above all of the little villagers below. And so that would. It's my favorite.
0: I love that. I'm a little bit different. I'm definitely more adventurous in my attraction choices. I really like all of the mountains. I like Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, but Splash Mountain's probably my favorite just because even though I've ridden it hundreds of times, I still get scared before the drop. And I'm really excited to see all the changes that they're making as they're refurbing it. It's going to be more Princess and the Frog themed with Tiana. I'm excited to see how that turns out. But I also like some of the classics. I like Pirates. I like the Jingle Cruise, which is the Jungle Cruise at Christmas. I think all of those are fun, but probably the mountains are my favorite. So a little more <laughs> adventurous there, but, but they're all good. Obviously, things are a little bit different now with characters. But back pre-COVID times, what was your favorite character at magic kingdom and tell me a little bit about your experiences there so we have two that lots of them that are our favorites but two that i
1: can really focus on back when mickey used to talk that was just a yes. magic and it's still magical even if he's not talking but i could remember the first time my daughter met him and she just kept she walked up to him and very quietly would just say hi Hi, Minnie Mouse. And I just thought it was so cute in her little voice that she was calling him Minnie Mouse. And it was just <laughs> precious. We also have really fond memories of Tink. We've met her several times and she's always amazing. My son had lost his teeth right before Christmas one year. She was convinced that he was a pirate who was coming to steal teeth. and <laughs> He thought that was the best thing ever. And he'll still talk about it every once in a while.
0: I love that. We actually saw Tink. I took my three kids by myself. It was just me and them. And we went and saw Tank. And my son was 10, I think, at the time 10 or 11. And he was mortified like, oh my gosh, there's this pretty girl and she's talking to me. And like, he's kind of like that with all the princesses these days, but it was something else. But Tink is a- an awesome one. And of course, Mickey's always a classic. So my favorite memory, well, I have a couple. All of my kids have favorite Disney characters. My Clara collects Marie the Cat. We have all of these Marie the Cat stuffed animals. I think she was three or four and we were walking into the Magic Kingdom and Marie was standing there at the end of Main Street greeting people. And it was our first day and it just made her whole life. Like the picture of Clara hugging Marie, it's Perfect. just priceless. And then for... Yeah, yeah, it was. And Anna is a big Stitch fan. Actually, half of her Christmas presents this year were Stitch. Um, And she just loves everything about Stitch. So that one's always a fun one. Right there in Tomorrowland to go meet Stitch. And obviously, we've done Mickey and all of those. But one of the funny stories that I have was from... It's actually not the Magic Kingdom. Sorry, I digress (laughs) a little. But we were at 1900 Park Fair for dinner. And the stepsisters were there. And I think Bo must have been six or seven at the time. And one of the stepsisters kissed him on the cheek. And he still remembers it, still talks about it, is still mortified. He was just (laughs) horrified by the whole situation. So obviously, I'm traumatizing Bo with all of these princesses and stepsisters and things. But it it was pretty funny. There are so many great character experiences and so many fun things to do. But some of that magic when they're really little, I think, really makes it. But my kids still, even at 11 and 13, still like to meet the characters and do those sorts of things, too. So that's kind of nice, too, that it does continue on. And even if I go with adults, I still want to meet characters. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things. So back in pre-COVID times, back with the old fireworks shows, there was, of course, Wishes a few years ago and then now Happily Ever After. Jenny, tell me about your fireworks experiences and your thoughts on the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom.
1: I absolutely love Happily Ever After. I don't think I ever make it through without shedding a little tear or um, (laughs) just, it is wonderful. And I think we've been lucky enough to view it at several different locations throughout the park. We've done the train station viewing. We've done the dessert party on the lawn. We viewed it from Splash Mountain, which was a completely different experience. My (laughs) favorite, though, which is a little strange, the last time we went, we were running behind. And so we didn't get a good spot to watch it in front of the castle. And so we just found this little nook back behind the carousel. And you couldn't see the projections, but you could hear all the music. And the fireworks were literally going off all around us above our heads. And I could just remember, and there weren't very many people, it was just us. And we just danced under the fireworks, not a care in the world. And I think that that might've been my favorite fireworks viewing, not the traditional view, but this one that was just our moment. And it was just
0: magical. I love that. And I I think part of it, I mean, the fireworks themselves are gorgeous, but the music and the projection, like, they just do such a great job. And I agree. I'm with you. Happily Ever After is ma- truly magical. And I'm one of those that I'll make Alexa play it every now and then just to, just to hear it. But my absolute favorite, I took a trip with my three. Actually, it was just my girls for the first part. And then Mike and Beau flew down later. But it was my two girls, Ann and Clara. And my best friend, Mandy, and her kiddos. And her kiddos are younger. I think Mac was seven or eight at the time. And then Claire was four, three or four when we went. And so they were still little. And so I got to kind of relive some of that magic with them. But that was one of their priorities for the trip was they wanted to see the firework. And usually I'm like, oh, we'll see it from Big Thunder Mountain or we'll see it from here. Like we don't usually take the time to like... out a location. Right. We've done the dessert party, but we don't usually take the time to stake out that location early enough to get a good spot. And this time we did. We were there about an hour and a half before. We had prime viewing right in front of the castle. And it was, you know, pre COVID. So everyone's (laughs) like up in your grill, like on top of you. But we had a perfect spot. Mandy had a stroller. So we kind of had our own little viewing area and it was gorgeous. And then to be able to see it like, My kids and I have seen it so many times that I think we still find it magical. But to be able to see it through her kids' eyes gave it kind of a whole different spin again, and kind of reminded me, you know, when we are sending our clients and they're first timers, there's a whole different magic to that first time visit, and it's nice to kind of relive that and to be able to go with her and to see that was was a whole different ball game. So the next part parades. Jenny, tell me about your favorite parades and parade experiences. I
1: think I love all the parades at Disney. They're fun. They're over the top. But I think the Christmas party has got to be just the best. It's the Christmas music. And I remember one year, we happened to be there at the same year as some of our friends. It was completely coincidental. But we met up at the Christmas party. And so my son got to stand with his buddy. And it happened to be the location where the dancers just came right in front of them all the time and they'd flirt with them and the boys thought they were <laughs> hot stuff and it was just great and waiting to see all the characters and their festive gear and we just love the Christmas
0: parade. Well, and I, I agree. I think both the Christmas party and the Halloween party have had amazing parades and they're so unique and that they bring out the different characters and have so many different experiences and the different music and. I, I agree. I think both of those would be my favorites too. Right now they're doing the cavalcades, which are a whole different ball game because they're not really scheduled. So you just kinda have to happen upon them in the park. But they do them at fairly regular time periods. I've been lucky enough on my times in the Magic Kingdom over COVID times since July that I've been able to see them several times. And they're doing special ones for the season too. So there's ones for the Christmas season and doing different things like that being able to see the princesses there's still those opportunities even though there aren't the more formal parades and they didn't have the Halloween party or Christmas party this year but we're hopeful that those will come back but there's still that opportunity to see those it's just much shorter much more mini if you want to go that direction so shows I kind of classify some of the attractions as shows but your favorite show type activity in the magic we Kingdom. really
1: like monsters incorporated laugh floor it's just fun it's cheesy it's a good way to get out of the heat and enjoy some air conditioning if it's at the middle of the day you never have to wait in a long line and sometimes you get to get involved in the show which always makes it even more fun so i think for us that's probably our favorite show
0: my my trio loves that one too. They We always have to text a joke. And the last time we were there, it was the trip that I was there with them by myself. And we went to that and we actually got our joke said. And so that was a really big deal. Anna was especially thrilled about that, but that one's a great one. My other uh, favorite would probably be Carousel Progress. So this is more, it's kind of a ride, like you go around, but the history behind it and the songs. And if I had any singing ability, I would sing for you, but I don't. But it definitely is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And I I just love that one. And it, it's an also a nice break. It, when it's hot, it's nice to be able to relax and take that break in there. That's one of those earworms that gets stuck in your head and stays around forever. And I also just, I love the history behind it and all of the different scenes from it. I can probably quote some of it as well. So Jenny, of all the things we talked about and all of your experiences at the Magic Kingdom, what do you think makes the Magic Kingdom the most magical?
1: It's a really hard one. I think ultimately what makes it so magical is that there really is something for everyone. You can take a family with a wide variety of ages and everyone can leave feeling like they had the best day ever, whether it's my son who loves to ride all of the big mountains, or my daughter who can't wait to see the princesses, my husband who just wants to eat all the time, <laughs> 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 or me who just loves the nostalgia and the magic. I really feel like there's something for everyone, and that's what makes it so very magical.
0: No, I, I completely agree. I think it is perfect for those multi-generational families where you have grandma and grandpa coming or you have a big family trip with aunts and uncles. I think that those are always wonderful too. And I think that it's just as magical on your first trip as it is on your last. It just changes the way that you interpret it and the way that you view it. And I think that that's... It's been fun as my kids have grown older and grown up to see that magic kind of shift and change for them. Jenny, what do you think is the perfect age to take kids? Because I know a lot of people think I was one of these before I drank the Disney Kool-Aid, that they're only going to take their kids once. If you were only going to take your kids once, which I know is not the case for either of our families, what do you think the perfect age would be?
1: That's so hard because I'm so biased. And I think every age is the perfect age. I definitely think if they're potty trained, it makes things a lot easier. (laughs) And you don't want them to be afraid of the characters either. But it is really fun when they believe those characters are real and they think they really are meeting Cinderella. So I think, like, I don't know, somewhere between 2 and 99
0: would be... (laughs) (laughs) the perfect age. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that answer. I think it's perfect. I, I agree. And I, I think it just changes. Like every age is so different. It's really hard to say, you know, if you're only going to go once, you should go when they're four. And I think that that's part of how we get sucked in and how we end up going year after year, because it does change and it, and it is magical in different ways as they get older. Always, every year. Right. Every year is the perfect time. <laughs> I think but,
1: sometimes people think it's too early or it's too young and they won't remember it. And maybe they won't, but you will. You'll remember their reactions and you'll remember how you felt watching them get to live their dreams. And so I just think every age is perfect.
0: No, I completely agree. And I think that that's one of the benefits that we can provide to families as agents is we can help you customize your trip to whatever age your kids are. I mean, if you have younger kids, we're going to recommend different attractions, different shows than we are if you have older kids. We're going to recommend different time frames, different characters, different dining options, depending on the ages of your kids, what you like, what kind of characters they like. And that's one of the things that we talk about with our clients. So I think I agree. Every age is the perfect age and let us help you make it perfect for them. There's all of our fun about the Magic Kingdom and all of our favorites, but definitely our favorite, my favorite park, your favorite park. Absolutely. Jenny's favorite park, too, I thought it was. (laughs) But let's move into our last segment of the day, our Crushed It segment, where we rate something that is a travel favorite of the week. This week, we are talking about autographs at Disney and our link that will be in the show notes is actually for a set of Sharpies that can be used for autographs. I have a friend who does photo mats where she buys the blank photo mats and then has the character sign and then puts a picture in and frames it. Those are super cute. Um, I've also had friends do pillowcases and then the traditional autograph books. Jenny, what kind of autographs have you collected on your trips to Walt Disney World? We just use I
1: bought these personalized autograph books from Etsy a couple of years ago and that's typically what we use. I like it because you can throw them easily inside a baggie with your Sharpie and they're easy to pull out. We have accrued over 60 different characters <laughs> over the <laughs> course. We we really appreciate our autograph books and those are just easy and quick to pull out.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And I think that is the perfect way to pack them. Put them in a Ziploc with your Sharpie so they're all contained. That way, if you're on Splash Mountain and your bag gets wet, your autograph book doesn't get wet. um, And it makes it easy to pull out and have on hand when you do meet the characters. We've also just done traditional autograph books. I haven't gotten super creative with all of the photo mats and pillowcases, but I've seen so many great ideas. And I think so many people do get really creative and do some really exciting things. But my top pick would probably be the photo mats. If I was going to do it all over again, I think I would do something like that. In our show notes, we'll have that link. And we're going to rate those Sharpies four and a half pineapple rings because they are awesome and they come in a whole bunch of different colors, which is great if you're doing the characters on different things to have different colors to use for each character. It's fun to have like Minnie doing red or Donald in blue, and so that they kind of color coordinate Rapunzel in purple. You get the idea. It's kind of fun to do the color coordinated aspect of it with those Sharpies. Thanks for joining us today as we discuss the Magic Kingdom and the magic of Disney. If you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a review. New episodes of the Travel Tidbits podcast go live each Monday, and we'd love to have you join our community. Bye, guys. Thanks, Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineapplescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes.